Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 366 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 366. So, each week we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live TV show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time on the Hospitality Channel TV network. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So we have two tools to discuss, although... As always, they're indicative of several other tools. I really had a hard time just narrowing it down to the tool tools because it was hard to keep the topic that we're going to discuss, the technique we're going to discuss, in a bottle because it can blow up to so many things that are very much connected to it, but would make this an incredibly long podcast episode. We have to do like version 52 or something. Um, and you thought it was bad that we had episode number 366. Just imagine if it was all on one topic. So let's get into the tools and then we'll get into why I just picked these two tools and then the larger question as to what they relate to. So first one is a new tool for me that I have just started using and really just think it freaking rocks for lots of reasons. And we'll get into that. It's called PPC editor.com literally the way it said ppcadeditor.com ppcadeditor.com what makes this platform so cool is it does a lot of stuff that i wish whenever i deal with a client and discuss and try to share we want to be as transparent with our client relationships as possible a lot of it is involved with the education process how much they are aware of and what kind of questions they ask about what's being done. Some clients simply want green good, red bad, arrow up good, arrow bad down. Others want more robust engagement as to what the reporting is actually generating for them. And to be honest with you, some some clients just say, tell me what the money, how much money you made me and how much money did it cost me and all those kind of discussions we've had on the podcast before. But for a lot of the education engagement process, as we slowly draw the client into, we want them to understand more about what it does for them, how it does for them. And in order to do that, they need to have visualizations, representations of what it is that they're looking at. A lot of times in this world of Zooms and Google Meetings and so forth, you do screen share and you're clicking and buzzing through stuff so fast that sometimes the more important things that they should see, they don't see because to you it's old hat, old news. And they may look over and say, oh my gosh, I didn't know you could see that or I didn't know that was a data thing or I didn't know that that's what it looked like. Whatever it is, they're, num- they're in unfamiliar territory, and sometimes you breeze past the common, and you don't realize that sometimes they need to see the common. With PC Ad Editor, what it does is it allows you to do, the reason why I got it, and the reason why it's been so useful, is it allows me to literally show and share ad campaigns 
made up for the client. So they can, first of all, one of the most fundamental questions that clients usually have is, can I see ads? Yeah. It usually means I got to go and pull up the ads and you're there, you have lots of ad groups and lots of ad types and screenshot the ads. It means click open, click open and screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. And you stack them all together and try to, what an annoying thing that is. And you often lose the continuity of how they're interrelated, how they're into under ad groups, how they're into campaign runs. It's hard to show all of the tiering that goes on with what the ad is. The ad by itself might seem quirky or out of place because it's out of context to everything that is is participating in. And this is a lot of explanation for a tool. We'll get to the technique discussions. We should just leave it to that. So what this does, it in a nutshell, allows me to show our ad group, our ad our ad campaigns for a client to the client in the framework of how it relates to each other. It will show the variations of the ads, the actual preview lookings of the ads. It will show how they can actually comment. They can collaborate. They can ask a question. You send this to them. It's an interactive way. And they're going to click on and say, I don't understand this. Or what does this mean? Or oh, does this go to where I think it does? Whatever it is, which it does because they can click on the links. But it gives them a chance to actually interact with you while they visually look at the ad campaigns that you're running for them. Why do you say this? It's like, oh, my gosh, well, I don't want my clients to do this because, I mean, I'll get bogged down with Q&A. Everything has to get approved. They don't understand it, so they don't want to do it until they understand it. You're right. That can all happen. But if you educate them well enough and share with them openly enough and the trust is there enough, your dialogue is much more about them trusting that it's getting done and their understanding of what you're doing than it is for them to not trust you and have to confirm and verify that it's okay for you to do it because you haven't shared with them. So this is a great rolling of the, of the rock to get them in, on board in with it. And the really cool thing that I found very quickly with this platform is when you share this stuff, they have some really cool insights that they themselves have in comparison to you. They can actually see gaps in your ad strategy from what they think should be highlighted or at least featured or at least asked about. That's a lot for a tool discussion. We'll get more to it when we get into the technique discussion. So our second tool, aren't you glad there's only two at this point, is Speed PPC. And literally as it's spelled, it sounds, S-P-E-E-D-P-P-C.com. Speed PPC. I have used, wow, in lots of pinchy ways. So the, uh, the part that I use most about it is the ability to create ad campaigns through a UI interface that makes it fast and super efficient. Uh, for anybody that has built ad campaigns, there's a repetitiveness to this, kind of a set, make, fake, set, make, fake, and you build up campaign structures that are what you think should be the most valuable until they get launched live and it begins a culling down. We've gone through this in discussions and podcasts and live shows before about how you start broad and begin to narrow cast down based on results or other metrics and criteria, engagements, percentage of voice, whatever, how the ads will flow, which ads survive through that process based on their value proposition. Not always just ROI to say that. But to build all that structure is a very time-consuming, repetitive process. Speed PPC augments that down to a really fast interaction where I can build a multi-dimensional campaign with several ad groups and a variety of ads with a diversity of keywords, negative keywords, and ad types in it in a matter of minutes to hour compared to hours and days. <laughs> That's how dramatic the improvement is and by using the platform. By asking and answering and doing its own research, it can create your keyword selection. It uses the same tools and so forth. It can augment them. Then it'll create 
with the character limitations and the dynamic insertions and everything else, and I know maybe for some of you it sounds gibberishy, but we'll get to it, um, it will create the ad variations that you need very quickly. And you can get up and running with a campaign that's well-structured in a very short period of time. And that's great for us, what we use it for, where we just need the instantaneous, we need to make, we need to move the mark. We need to move the needle right away. Can't wait two or three days for us to break apart. We're pretty much clear on at least a core set of keywords, core campaign, easy to put in, fast to create, easy to implement. Speed PPC is your game. We can talk more about it in just a minute, which I almost spoiled almost all of our technique of the week. Now, for this week's hospitality technique. Technique of the week. As <laughs> if you think we didn't already talk about it by talking about the tools. But actually, there's a higher level discussion that I want to have, which is you'll see very quickly why these two tools were so hard to cast to, to, to put to the level of only two. And the technique discussion this week is paid ad logistics and ad types. I threw in the ad types because I want people to understand there's a depth of variances just even on Google. We're not going to get into the whole TikToks and, and Facebooks and, and Pinterests and because every platform has its unique variation of ad types. Lots of similarities. Also, good amount of variances. And also filters of being able to build them and exposure rates and capabilities and what are called trigger points, what makes it where you charge for this on this platform, but it doesn't charge for the same length of time on, say, a video reel pitch. Uh, that it does on another, on and on and on. Lots of data for that. That's why you hire professionals like us to work all those kinks out. But there are some things you should know about types as well, and I threw that into the discussion. So paid ad logistics. Might as well say pain in the mm, logistics. Here's the reality of logistics when it comes to paid ad campaigns. I already hinted to it in the discussion on the tools. There is a lot of redundancy to this. You build a campaign structure. The more and more familiar when you make paid campaigns, the more and more you go in with a set mental template. Okay, we're going to create core brand ad campaigns. We're going to create core non-brand campaigns. We're going to create geo campaigns. And, and you first you're like, well, okay, I understand the variances, but there's invariances within those variances. Because when you build campaigns, they have budgets and the budget overrules everything that gets put into that. So you don't want to get too segmented in your campaign buildings because if you get too finite on it, that's all you can put in that campaign without the budget influencing all the other things that are in it. So the more you can categorize at the campaign level, the more granular the individual ad groups within those campaigns can operate. There's optimization. Google tries to optimize based on value. This is where you create your A-B testing, your multivariant testing. You have variations to ads, ad filters, ad, and, and other variations associated with that that create the difference between did the ad run better in the morning versus the afternoon? Did the change in text change the, the response and or engagement? Did an image ad add to it differently than if it was just a video ad or if it was just text only ad based on whether it was mobile or desktop? You see how quickly it splinters, okay? So the logistics of building that is where the tool, like for instance, Speed PPC helps tremendously. It literally by its name helps you speed that up. We go from zero to hero much shorter then having to start with a clean piece of paper and a pencil, get on Google, do keyword research, cluster the keywords, do concept research, do discovery on your SEO of the website to see what you're showing up for, what you're ranking versus not ranking. So we need to make a paid campaign to augment what your SEO is either doing well or deficient in. These are all strategy things that happen in the paid campaign build sequence. 
Okay, that takes time. Being able to shortcut and condense the mechanical functions of this, like what, what Speed PPC does that says, okay, give me what I need and I can build you the variances of what you have. Now, this is a great time for me to step into what do I mean by add types? Okay, add types are, and we're just going to take Google today, okay? There are other add type variations similar to these, but then variations of, but these are primarily the base categories of the types of ad formats available in a Google ad account. You have the first captain obvious one, text. We've seen it a million, bajillion, trillion times. The text ad that you see in the ad section of a SERP page, okay? Words only. Then you have what's called responsive, okay? Responsive is uh, the ad will reshape itself to whether it's on a desktop, uh, whether it's on a mobile, whether it's on a tablet. Um, it, it adjusts itself so that where an image might be used for one, it won't be used for the other. A text that would be one won't be in for the other. It adjusts itself based on the display functionality of it. There's a lot more to talk about it, but that's the simplistic answer to it. Then you have, of course, the tried and true image ad. Now, this isn't a progression of engagement. Uh, with responsive being a little bit in a, a image ad, video ad level kind of thing. Um, text ads have uh, great exposure, most efficient cost, least engagement in comparison to the others. Responsive is a variation of image and video ads and so forth. So we'll put it as one lump sum of image has obviously a higher engagement. Visually, people, you know, they eat with their eyes, so to speak. Um, a picture's worth a thousand words. Whatever analogy you want to run increases the people's engagement potential if the image is sound and valuable for it. Okay. And responsive fits into that category. Video ads are, of course, even amped up. It's more of an engagement. But here's where the problem comes with image of a video ads compared to image ads. Video ads perform exceptionally well if there's a higher interest in the content that they'll actually take the time to watch the duration of a video ad. However, if it's not clear enough, fast enough, and targeted well enough that the person seeing it is potentially interested in what the video is, it has a negative effect of being clicked out too fast for it to be even engaged with or even counted for. That's where image ads do help because image ads are a quick assessment. Yeah, that looks interesting to me. There's actually a value of where image ads work better than video ads. That's why I bring that up. But video ads as an engagement relationship and the value if they do get engaged with the video and go past a certain duration point where you're actually charged for it, the conversion value of video ads is exceptionally high. So it has to be well targeted. The leverage on video ads is their targetability and relevance. Okay, Images ads too, but they have a higher impact because of the quickness of it. Then you have things like app promotion ads, which are of course specifically featured to promotion ads in apps. Um, where you can show up on spaces in apps that have availability for marketing, which goes to a remarketing discussion, which we're not talking about modalities. We're just talking about ad types. Okay. You have product shopping ads. Okay. These are shoe number one, shoe number two, shoe number three. Now, in the hospitality environment, it could be room type or package variations that these are products. There's different products. You're offering different products. You have this package versus this package. You have this room versus this room. You have this 
uh, feature about your property restaurant compared to the other feature, which is golf or spa or whatever. These variations to what products you're offering or featuring is a product shopping ad. It looks like a carousel, meaning there's side-by-side images. Each one will go to a different location. And then the last ad type that we'll talk about in this format is call-only ads. Now, you can put call-to-action ads in text ads that have a call function too. You can put a phone number in text ads, so don't confuse the two. Call-only ads are specifically that. The engagement function of the ad is literally a click to call. They're looking to answer exactly by you hitting the button that will bring you into audio communication with them. Again, we're not going to get into the modalities of using them, how they get used, how you create and construct them per se, other than the platforms we're talking about. But know that these ad types do exist. Okay, as a recap, text ads, responsive ads, image ads, video ads, app promotion ads, product shopping ads, call only ads. So those are just in Google, those variations. And expect that a lot of those are also you know, carbon copies into other platforms, plus additional variations on those platforms capabilities. So you have those ad types. Now you can imagine the general confusion of explaining all this, because I'm shoehorning it into our just brief conversation and podcasting today, shoehorning this in to somebody that's writing a check to do it. Because it's one thing to just listen to me babble about it. It's another thing when you're writing money on a check to have it spent for what I'm telling you to do. And there's a whole level of objectivity and threshold of acceptance and understanding that comes with it. And that's where logistics begin to create struggles. Because if you have, as I said, an, an owner or person that writes the check that is actively interested in knowing what they're writing a check for, you need to explain this stuff better and slower than what I'm just doing in pod, this podcast. You need to show these are the ads. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is who's going to see it, who we're targeting, why we're targeting. All of that has to come into a discussion for the acceptance and approval from the client. Okay. And again, stratas of clients. Some people just say, sure, just tell me how much I make. And others all the way down to explain to me the coding on, on your UTM parameter protocol. You know, there's people that want to know this stuff. So that's where it gets into the other tool that we were talking about, the PPC ad editor. It will go into your current ad account. You give it access. Okay, there's a read-only. And they'll rip your entire ad campaign for whatever you tell it to go rip and put it into a format that literally will show visually. Okay, here's our ad groups. Here's our extended ads. Here's our call ads. Here's our video ads. Here's our, our, our app ads. It will Just the topic, the types that I just described to you in Google. It'll pull that out and show what the ads look like, plus where you have the inserted variations, if that's what you have, okay, in the ads itself to say that this is what this gets put in. So if somebody searched with this name or word in it, that name or word gets inserted here in this ad. So you see where it says, oh, looking for Lauren at, you know, where they put it in the search query. That's the dynamic insertion stuff. It'll show the types of variations. It'll show keywords that were used for it so they can see what words would be put into that gap point and stuff. It's a wonderful visual representation of a complete setup of the ad campaigns you're talking about and proposing. Most importantly, if you're not in the same room with them or in the Zoom call with them, you can pre-send this because nothing's worse than going into a meeting online where you're presenting stuff in the meeting 
needing their feedback, especially if it comes to needing their paycheck or their, their checkbook to write this stuff. Okay. And if you don't fit it in the time that you have allotted, it gets penned and posted until a later date. And it creates a sensitivity that you don't get the success you have because you have to wait for a final answer or you have to send all this over for them to review without your ability to be there to explain it. That's bad. The more you can send in front of a meeting, especially when you're asking for money, the more that they can come into the meeting with questions. I didn't understand this or why is this here? That way the meeting is more effective in the logistics of getting an answer, which is the whole goal of having the meeting is get to the point that said they say, yes, I'll give you this much money to do this and spend it on what you just said or I only want it on this part. This kind of reporting platform, PPC Ad Editor, is fundamentally excellent for that because it sends it over. It actually allows them to dialogue with you in comments so that you can get and sometimes clear up the basic questions just via the comments that they can add into and augment what they say. Hey, why aren't we doing it on this topic or why aren't we doing this or why are we not choosing this or I don't want to use these words or whatever it is. You modify the whole account and update it. So by the time you get on a meeting to discuss the relevancy of moving forward, you're at a go point really close. That's a logistics thing that these things solve. That's what you get the meeting for when you talk about budget meetings and or uh, allocations and or spends or market strategies you're proposing that require their endorsement. The logistics of getting the information in front of them in a way that they can digest it, respond to it, query it, you answer it and get back to them so that you're making it much more an efficient, streamlined process. That's the paid ad logistics issue. And like I said, just in describing the few basic overview of Google ad types, you can see where this gets fragmented very quickly in explaining how all this works. And this is just for Google. When you start incorporating multi-platform cross-marketing techniques, time sense of CRM sales funnels, triggers for ads that go to the sales funnel that if somebody responded to your site via your email, this triggers a certain ad set campaign that produces certain things. That's a whole, that's a lot of explaining. That has to go on, especially if it's a large budget, there's going to be more granular interest in it um, that you need to visually give people. So that's where the tool PPC Ad Editor really helps. And then, of course, Speed PPC is a wonderful tool to show how efficient you can create and recreate ad campaigns that will answer to some of that stuff that may not have been in the original. And it also does some pretty cool stuff that I'm beginning to learn about with the GA4, which we talked about last week, uh, and the transitions and so forth. You can rip out your account in this display mode that they have, but it also allows you to create a, an exportable C, uh, CSV file format, which Google does well, but this does actually some more than what Google does, that you can drop it into a new campaign or a dupe campaign. Also, some other things about uh, the PPC ad editor, which is fun, is that you can create additions and interests. Like once you do these things, other than just the collaboration aspect, you can do mock-ups to show variations. It doesn't mean it was live. It doesn't have to be anything other than you can mock it up and create these so that they can see what they would look like in bad variations. You also can create a change log out of this that allows for different versions. As you update from what you started to what you end up with, you have different versions. So if you're five deep into a version update and the owner says, wait, 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 we're off track. You know what? A couple of versions ago, we addressed this, but I told you to cut it out. I want to go back to that. Now, usually you're like, oh crap, I got to reconstruct it. Here, it's like, oh, go back to version three. 
Okay. And we're back there again. And you don't have to recreate anything. You just go back to the version they're referring to. That's some of the cool stuff of this that helps with the logistics and the timetables because so many people have great ideas. But by the time it actually gets to implementation and verification, validation, and production, it's sometimes past the window of highest opportunity. And that is part of the biggest reason why these things are so helpful. We spent a lot of time on this discussion. I do want to talk about our news and show review. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. So our news and show review. Let me recap real quick. Our technique discussion was paid ad logistics and ad types. Our news and show review, I had the pleasure of having Mr. Connor from Top Line Revenue uh, with me. He's the founder or CEO of it. Um, and if, you know, I worked with him on some clients, a client in particular, and I've always was impressed with his uh, control and, and his team's control and engagement with uh, the revenue call. Uh, as you know, we had uh, uh, Stephanie Smith with Cogwell Marketing last week. We had discussions about budget season and logistics of, of putting together the strategies or this at this time of year for our budget season, our infamous budget season, and how we gather data and begin to do interpretations. But in constant conversation about the dynamics of revenue management, marketing, and sales as to this process. And in that, the revenue calls have truly changed in from where they were pre-COVID to where they are now. It's a it's a wonderful feeling of the fact that people understand for success that there's this convergence of marketing, revenue management, and sales that needs to coexist fluidly daily. However, in some ways, I still see some traditions are hard to break, and that is uh, true in the case of revenue calls. I've seen this full spectrum of revenue calls that are uh, the analogy I gave um, out of uh, this conversation with, with Connor, and he augmented it very nicely and so forth. Was it's like a husband shopping with his wife for clothes. You have the husband that is begrudgingly there, sitting outside the changing room, just waiting for the pain to end. <laughs> just put me out of my misery. Find what you want. We'll buy it. We'll go home. All good. Just stop me from being here. There's that end of the spectrum. Then there's the partial participating, participating husband that is, oh, hey, you know, that color looks good on you. That size looks well. That's very flattering, whatever. Oh, that matches shoes you have. That's partial engagement. That's cool. That's nice. Okay. Uh, and then you have the all in husband of, hey, hon, what's that? You want me to go find the, uh, the, the, another purple this or a blue this? Great. And they go where to know and they know the size already and they're bringing it back while that way their wife doesn't have to leave the changing room. They can go over and get handed to them so they keep looking and shopping. He can uh, say things like, man, that fits great. Uh, you want a smaller size. It looks a little big. You can get a little smaller size and or, you know, you already have purple shoes that'll go great with it. Maybe uh, or maybe we need to go look for some shoes because I don't think the shoes you have are going to match it. Whatever it is, fully engaged husband. Okay. So that's the three spectrums that that I think relate to revenue management calls. You have the painful property people that are there to simply say they were on the call so nobody gives them grief for not being on the call. They have no interest in being there and just the desire for the pain to end. Please stop talking so we can go back to doing the things that we think are important or the things that I'm overwhelmed in doing. Okay, that's that end of the spectrum. Then there's the, I kind of understand what you're doing. I don't know whether or not my advice is good or whether that I should fight the fact that you want to raise a rate or lower a rate or change a gateway or whatever. Uh, but I understand what you're looking at. And maybe there's some feedback as to what I think. Like when you ask me a question about event, do we get people I can say yes or no, or that group's going to be in-house, or I know what's coming in. There's the partial engagement people. Then you have the all-ins. Why you want to raise the rate? You know what it's like to tell somebody across the desk uh, that kind of rate 
when you know the, when the the hotel is a certain condition or the we haven't done FF and E in eight years, or or our service staff isn't fully staffed and we're not going to give the service level for that rate. You know, you have the fully engaged people that are very much about talking about the dynamics of what that rate strategy is, how it impacts them, their suggestions about. It. It's like, look, my comp the cost of street, he's doing this, and they have these walk-in rates. I can't have that rate because uh, I won't be able to get the same type of interest in my walk-in rate. Whatever it is, they're very engaged. I also see in these conversations, there is always like a dance, somebody leading and somebody following. It is terrible when you combine a disengaged property with an ambiguous revenue manager because the revenue manager is asking for permission on stuff the property doesn't have an opinion. It's the worst combination I've ever seen in those dialogues. The best combination is a very fully engaged property with a very actively interested, strong recommendations, insightful back history with marketing data, with sales data, with revenue strategies and tools to use to augment and validate their perspective. That dialogue between an active engaged property and a highly motivated revenue management person is golden every time it breeds success every time it goes past the static dynamic poo-poo that you know uh, i wouldn't say poo-poo that's bad um the but connor was pointing out about there's a traditional 20-minute window of typical star report next nine days rate strategy up and coming event driven activity influencers blah blah it is it's a 20-minute doldrum and it almost drones on where you you fall asleep and you're the one giving the information so the idea of improving the revenue management call dialogue, okay, the dynamics of it is be that highly engaged, highly uh, prepped up and, and personable, you know, relationship building revenue manager is what Con- Connor refers to it as. And the property's responsibility is to be in the moment, in the conversation and fully fluent in what they're being asked, their impression, interpretation of what's being offered and their honest value data-based perception on their answers. You get that magic combination, it is golden. So that was our conversation on the live show this week, the dynamics of the new revenue calls. Highly recommended, show number 366, just like this podcast is 366, they're in sync. So with that, remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, the list goes on, 39 platforms and counting. We're even on Amazon's Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. Just ask them to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast. And no matter which one you may use, if you like our show, please rate us positively. Uh, Also, leave a comment that helps others to discover us and it gives us the feedback that we want to know whether our content is relevant and useful and helpful. Uh, Of course, if this is your first time listening to the show, please smash that subscribe button and follow us on whatever platform you discovered us on. We welcome the the subscription and hope that you continue to find interest and value in the content that we share in the podcast. And of course... Archives of this show, along with our live show, our Forever and I Love Lucy reruns at hospitalitychannel.tv. That is our web-based display of our reruns of all of our shows. You can search by uh, who was the co-host and also topic and so forth. Lots of fun on it. But also... Uh, is our we are on our TV. We simulcast the live show every week on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, multiple pages and platforms, except for LinkedIn. There's only one that's on my profile that goes out. But on multiples of others, we're in 39 countries for the live show and counting, 25,000 plus weekly. Great show. Been doing it for nine years. Uh, coming Now coming into our ninth year, actually, this month. This next, I think this might be the time that we click into the ninth year kind of thing. Um, with that... Um, 
We have uh, also the ability to watch the live show every week on uh, your Roku TV, your Google TV, your Apple TV, or your Amazon. And it's also an app on your Apple iOS or Android. Just look for Hospitality Channel. Um, we have this live show on it always free along with software and services, which is the discovery of new products and services. And then there's a payment gateway that has a whole mess of content about hospitality industry. It's not like a food channel or a travel channel, but it is a wonderful discovery of all the things that make this industry so spectacular and fun. And you learn a lot of stuff from people from restaurants to hotels and everything. Highly recommend you get to, to subscribe. It's $4.99 a month. It's like Netflix. You sign up, you get access to all the content behind it. So I hope you do that on um, your TV station, the TV channel, Roku and Google and Apple and Amazon and so forth. So with that, my name is Lauren Gray. I thank you for the privilege of your time and look forward to talking to you real soon. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 366 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, All Right Reserved Copyright 2022. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.